Welcome to The John Chapman Show, where we talk about retirement readiness, strategies to help you grow and preserve your wealth so that you get the most from life with the money you do have. Are you on track? John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Hey, hey, everybody. It's John Chapman. Welcome back to the John Chapman Show. I'm so excited to kick things off in 2021. We've got a jam-packed episode for today. I really want to be able to talk about a new year same plan. New year, same plan. There's so much noise and confusion out there, especially on social media or things we might be reading in the news. And it's so critical that if you're going to be reaching your financial goals, whatever financial freedom looks like for you in the future, that we need to stick to our game plan. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the worst and best habits that I see from investors out there. But before we get too far into this episode, I want to be able to welcome my special guest, Erica Maryhugh. Erica, how are you? Thanks for joining me. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me. Erica and I have been working together. She's a colleague of mine and helping with some of my marketing and my business this year. And so I thought it'd be great to have Erica on as part of a co-host. And we can go through this episode together and likely some future episodes. But before we start talking about our agenda for today, Erica, can you just give people a little bit of background on, on your life and your professional career? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much. So I live in Newport Beach, California. I have my husband, Chad, who's an entrepreneur, a six-year-old daughter named Lucy, and she's blossoming before my eyes. And of course, I cannot forget my sweet dog, Duke. He's a golden retriever. Love him dearly. I actually worked at Disneyland for the last 15 years. A lot of people say it was just kind of starting off as a summer job. And of course, we end up realizing what amazing career we could have there. But ever since March of 2020, Disneyland shut down. And uh, something happened in March 2020, didn't yeah, it? Something. Right? Yeah. Yeah, something <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's pretty happened. admirable, by the way, Erica. I mean, 15 years with Disney. What, what, what were some of the roles that you held during your time there? Yeah, I was just in entertainment. So I got to make magic, um, you know, on the parade route and just loving on the guests that came through. So it was a wonderful experience. But, you know, the only time that Disneyland ever shut down was, I think, two times in their whole history. So Mm. to shut down for as long as we have been, it's pretty crazy. But in this time, I feel like I've been given the gift of time, Mm. which wasn't always easy to find. I've been working since 16 years old. So to have some free time, really allowed me to think about what my giftings are and skills. And I realized what kind of passion I had for business and marketing and specifically helping entrepreneurs, um, especially my husband uh, being one of them and just supporting Mm. him as Mm. his wife. Yeah, I like that. Well, it's nice to be able to have you here. And this is great for you to be able to also share with the audience because you've got some great perspective in your career at Disney and also supporting your husband, Chad, who's a great entrepreneur. Like I was saying earlier, in light of the new year, Erica, a lot of people are thinking about New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals. So I'm curious, do do you have any New Year's resolutions? or goals that you're focused on this year? 
Yeah, I think, you know, I'm very similar to many people of just creating that healthy lifestyle. And mm. I think a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to lose weight by this time. And I think maintaining just that healthy, you know, habits and being able to have a routine and just putting good whole foods in my body and exercising and just feeling good, not just for the looks of a human body, but just for the feeling and long term effects yeah. that those good habits can have. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a, a certainly a comment. I wonder how quick it is that people set New Year's resolutions <laughs> yeah. and then stop them. You know, there's probably totally. stats out there. What is it like two weeks or something that people can't go until keeping their goals? And and this is actually a, yeah. a finer point that I read a book and it's it's been popular. So some of the listeners may have read it too, but it's called Atomic Habits by mm -hmm. James Clear. And I think it's a nuanced way to think about goals and actually rather than focus just on a goal. And the one of the most common examples that James Clear, the author, uses is that every sports team has a goal of winning, you know, winning the national championship or, or something like that for whatever yeah. the sports team is. But of course, not everybody achieves that. Only one team achieves that. So mm -hmm. rather than focusing specifically on the goal or crossing one finish line, instead spending time and energy thinking about the habit. What's the habit? Yeah. What's the food routine? What's the workout oh, regimen? What's the sleep regimen that someone is going to do? And the cumulative effort of these habits put together like a puzzle piece, that's probably right. what's going to lead up to then finishing first of the pack or whatever it is. Right. And so I actually really attached onto that when I read that book probably two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I try to build into my, my personal life, but also into my business when I'm working with pre-retirees as they're approaching retirement, think about what actually is the financial habit that they should be focused on. And so today uh, I want to be able to talk about, Erica, three of the worst habits that I yeah. see in investors and three of the best habits too. So yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, what do you think are some of the worst habits that you've seen from investors? Yeah. So the, the three that I want to be able to touch on today is number one, one of the worst habits is taking advice from other people on social media, hmm. taking it, yes. you know, and this is, this is ironic too, because in, in today's business environment, even for my show, I'll share this podcast via something like Facebook. And so I'm wanting to share it on social media. And at the same time, you know, most people don't have a fiduciary relationship with the people that they're following on social media. So mm. if you're not a client of mine, you don't even need to take advice from me specifically. But <laughs> when I actually know there's someone's situation, they know me, I know them. We, yeah. We've talked about their goals, their time horizon, their risk tolerance, their income, their expenses, and assets and liabilities. That's right. the only way you can really take, in my opinion, advice from somebody who's working in a fiduciary capacity, but just with the explosion of Twitter and TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the, you know, the cool social media de jour is, so many people, and I've seen so many anecdotes of this, Erica, are taking yeah. advice on investing or mm -hmm. something like that, stock picking, real estate from people that they see on social media. And I just think that's a total recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think people kind of can get consumed, you know, and it's funny, I, I was thinking about, you know, our phones are right by our bedside. Sometimes it's the last thing we look at and the first thing when we wake up and when that's just consuming your mind, you can't help but make that part of your life when it's just by your side. 
You yeah. Know? And I think the other thing too, is that I find myself this too, you know, if you find, if you follow a person and they're charismatic, it's almost mm -hmm. as if you know them really well. So you think you know them and you start yeah. trusting them and believing them. And then, you know, they're giving this advice online, but yeah. again, it has nothing to do with you and your situation. So I just want to caution people that I think one of the yeah. worst habits to do is to take advice and not have, uh, you know, a, a real fiduciary working on your side mm -hmm. to gut check some of those ideas, even if the ideas are right, just to be able to gut check them. So I I guess the second worst habit that mm -hmm. I think is the the habit of trying to the habit of believing that you can just get rich quick or that winning the lottery is going to somehow solve your problems. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and yeah. and and some people will probably say, "Well, that's not me. I don't do that." But but I even fall into this trap sometimes because you know you're seeing things like, "Well, I invested in Bitcoin or I invested in Tesla," right. and there are some news articles that came out about that. And and I've had some experiences where friends have are are, are expressing that, "Gosh, if I could only just find this one stock, I can get rich quick or I can win the." lottery. But the trouble with this is let's look at professional athletes, people that in some ways do win the lottery or people that, you know, have a scratch and sniff and, and they, they, and they win like, you know, the Powerball in California. How many of these people go broke? It's oh an overwhelming gosh. majority, right? Yeah. And they go broke in a matter of a couple of years. Yeah. And so actually, if you're not building up the the, the, the strong habits of saving and investing your money yeah. ahead of time and doing that hard work sure. first, the, 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 the money is actually going to be more of a curse than it is a blessing. Yes. And it, you can really crumble people over that, that kind of a weight. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, it's funny. I, I actually looked it up. I was just so curious because I definitely fall into that category sometimes of buying one lottery ticket just to see all you need is one. But I was so curious to see what are the what's the percentage of lottery winners that actually do go broke. And I looked it up and it was 70% of lottery, mm, lottery mm, winners actually yeah. go broke. Gosh, and one of the main reasons for that is that they stop working. Yep. And as soon as they find out that, that they won, they quit before they even receive a paycheck. Ouch. Ouch, and man. That makes, old, me, makes yeah, me cringe. And I, I think so actually to that's that's another point that is a, maybe a sub point that we could make, but part of why I'm such a believer in the power of financial planning and how I think I can can really foster and build better families is because managing and maintaining wealth is extremely difficult. It's it's hard enough just to save and earn and invest money, but oddly enough, it's actually harder to save and maintain that money over time. So people right. can get rich all the time through various, whatever, working hard or inheritance or the lottery, but actually maintaining that is extremely yeah. difficult. So again, that's just um, part of the reason why having a fiduciary advisor is so important. So mm -hmm. let me move on to the third worst habit, Erica, and then yeah. we can get on to the fun stuff. I, I think one of the, the, the worst habits that I've seen is people believing that there's a silver bullet. There's some mm -hmm. hidden strategy out there that the the smart guys know, the rich guys know, and the working class people don't know. And granted, there could be at times strategies that are not widely known to the public. And, and of course, that might take place. But just with the way that our information age works nowadays, so much information is out there on YouTube or the right. internet, and it's all there for free. And so I, I just, I had an interaction last year with, uh, with a colleague of mine, and she was saying, you know, I really just feel like I'm missing out because I, I don't know what else is out there. And while it could be true that maybe a little education might have helped her and understand the stock market or managing her investments, I was 
I felt really concerned. She was thinking that there was going to be a silver bullet, that she was going to be able to find this perfect unicorn strategy and that all the rich people were just holding out on her. All the financial advisors were holding out on her. And that's just not the right way to think about it. And rather, as unsexy as it sounds, a regular stock and bond portfolio for the majority of people is one of the best strategies still. Mm. And uh, and simply just having the conviction and the patience to hold that is, is really one of the best things at the end of the day. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. And on the contrary, what would you say are the best habits and things you'd encourage the audience to focus on? All right. I like this part. This this is more fun. So this gets back to still habits again. So I think from the three best habits that I've seen from other people, the first one is writing down what you hope to accomplish in the future. And to put some framework around this, I like the three categories of faith, family, and business, faith, Mm, family, and business. And so we've got these categories and now we can more articulately and concretely say, hey, in my faith in the next one year, I'd like to accomplish this. And in the next 10 years, I'd like to accomplish that. And in my family in the next one year, I'd like to accomplish this and this. And in the next 10 years, I'd like to accomplish that. And in business, so on and so forth. So I'm part of an entrepreneur group and we challenge each other each time we meet once a month to actually go through these categories and give an update on how we are with some of our goals. And I can't tell you you how insanely powerful it has been for me to have to put words to yeah. what I want to accomplish in faith, yeah. family, and business. And, and I've seen this, you know, with li- not, not, not as common, but some investors take the time to do this. And I actually think it's, it might be even part of my job as the financial planner for my clients to hold, hold them accountable to do this. And I think th- th- there's just so much power to being able to write goals down. And, yeah. and there's something about that activity yeah. that just helps you make yeah, it come it, true, right? Yeah, it just you kind of just exit it out of your body and once it's on paper, it's almost like it's in black and white. Like I can now see it and now you can work with what you have. Yeah, it's uh, so that's that's probably my favorite one. Okay, my second yes. most favorite habit that I see from people is focusing on a savings goal, focusing on a savings target for the year. And so let's say for example, somebody earns, you know, $150,000 from their job and they've made a commitment that they're going to save 10% into their 401k. So that'd be $115,000. And on top of that, they're going to save $200 per paycheck into their savings account. So having a really concrete idea about the dollars that are going to be saved for pre-retirees is incredibly powerful. And this, this can take, there are, there, there are sometimes some, some prerequisites to get to this type of a habit because really an ideal way you you'd know what your financial plan looks like you know what number you need to achieve your financial freedom goals when you get to retirement and let's just say you need one and a half million dollars or something like that and if you've got you know 700,000 saved in your retirement accounts if you're working with a financial planner, you know exactly how much you need to be saving each year and what your average annual return should be to try to hit that number. So there might be some prerequisites here, but for the clients that I've been able to work with, once we go through that financial plan projection and can then ultimately boil it down to just say, all you need to do is save this into your 401k, save $200 per paycheck or whatever it is, man, that just lets all of the other distractions yeah. just fall by the wayside and gives so many more barriers to people's focus and their laser focus on, on what their goals are. And that's probably one of my, by far, one of my second most favorite habits. Yeah. I had in my, my head an image of like a thermometer, you know, slowly meeting your goals. And once you yeah. get to the top, you exactly. know, it fills up and it's almost yeah. like just it's a to good see image. that feels like probably such an accomplishment when you 
didn't think you can do it and you start, you have to start somewhere. So yeah, I love that. That's a good image. Okay. So my last thing, and I want to wrap up so we don't keep people too long here is ha- fostering a habit in yourself of asking what am I missing? What am I missing on my journey to financial independence? Because sometimes I'll meet with folks that say, you know, I'm, I'm educated myself. I've spent time. I've got some goals. I know how much I should save. I've got my 401k totally dialed in. And sometimes we can fall into a trap of having this, uh, this, this feeling of, the, of security when financial planning really covers five categories, Erica. It's mm. retirement planning. It's investment management. Mm. It's insurance planning, estate planning, and tax planning. So there's five categories, retirement, investment, insurance, estate, and taxes. And almost all the time, there's at least something in one of those categories that we could be working towards and having an action item for. And so I think when I'm, I'm I've, I've, I've had, a, I have, if I have a new idea or if I'm learning something, or if I have a belief that I feel strongly, I'm, I, I try to encourage myself to ask, what am I missing? What's another angle here that I haven't quite yet considered? And, and what else could I be doing to you know, strengthen this? And so when it actually comes to someone's retirement plan, I want them to think, am I missing anything to help make my plan more secure? So uh, that could be like thinking about, you know, taxes and with a new administration that's come into power and all of the debt that we've accumulated um, through various sources. If taxes is something you believe is going to be higher in the future, what else am I missing to help make my plan more secure so that I can keep more of what I earn and pay as, as, as little as possible to the government, you know, where necessary? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that posture that you just described because it's it actually humbles ourselves, right? It it allows us to say, what am I missing? Meaning there's something more that I can learn. There's something more. And I think being able, again, like I kind of mentioned last, you know, in the beginning of this podcast, that teachable spirit when it comes to us being able to reach out to uh, leaders and reach out to experts, if you will, that have come before us or financial advisors and say, hey, I don't know everything, but I know that you know more than I do. So can you fill in my blanks? Yeah. Um, and I think that's when we no longer live in a box. And that's when we start to have those opportunities shine that never really knew that we had those opportunities to do so. And that to me is when life goes from good to mm-hmm. great. And then that is when we come the best versions of ourselves. Yeah, I like that too. Okay. So, man, we've covered a ton. Erica, thanks for going through this. Just to recap really quick, some of the things that I think we should avoid as habits and behaviors is not taking advice from random people online, not trying to think that we should, we'll be better off if we get rich quick and not thinking like there's some silver bullet, but instead focusing on things that we'd like to accomplish in the categories of faith, family, and business. Focusing on a savings target and having a laser focus and uh, having a habit of asking ourselves, what else am I missing? Taking a humble posture and you know, being um, on a quest to continue better education and better ourselves. So awesome. All right. With that, everybody, just as a reminder, if you feel like there's somebody that's 50 and over, they're approaching retirement, they have concerns about their financial plan. We'd love to be able to hear from you so that we can maybe help them on their journey to financial independence. So I encourage you to share this with friends or family that might be over age 50 and in need of some uh, fiduciary financial advice. And be sure to leave a comment or a rating. And with that, we'll see you here next podcast.
Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.